Hey, what's up? My name is DeAndre Kiera, and you are tuned in to an all new Just For The Glow episode 100. Today is our 100th episode. We've been going up 100 different times, 100 different ways. We have talked about hundreds and hundreds of topics. I have introduced myself 100 times. Um, I've argued with Eric 100 times. Um, posted and made content. Um, so I'm excited. Um, it being the 100th episode, it just feels so special. It feels different. It feels nostalgic. So what I'm doing today is the audio will get a chance to listen to how my lives go when I go on Instagram live. So this entire episode for the 100th episode is basically my Instagram live. So what I'll be doing is the same podcast routine, the same way that I usually record when I'm by myself. Um, I'll have people commenting on Instagram live and I'll be conversing with the followers. So you can either listen on audio or you can watch on Instagram live, but this is the first time I'm actually interacting while I'm recording the podcast. So you'll see me, you'll listen to me answering comments and reading comments and interacting with all of the listeners and answering any questions that they may have. So let's get this thing started again. Welcome to Just Let It Glow podcast. Today is our 100th episode. I'm so glad that you all on Instagram and the audio listeners joined me today to celebrate. As you can see, if you have Instagram, you can see the 100 balloons um, set up. I am here. I feel so good and beautiful. So I'm going to check out and see who's here today. I see Asia. She says, you look beautiful. So excited for the 100th episode. Naya is celebratory. Um, it's a few other comments I can't see anymore, but thank you all for joining. I'm going to get into the show, um, just run around how I'm feeling and what's on my spirit. Um, I'm so proud of myself. You know, I have been a little overwhelmed lately. Lately, it's just been a lot of moving parts of my life and a lot of, reasons to be happy but it's also been very busy and a whole lot of work um going on right now so i i haven't had a moment to like sit down at first i was going to like a big photo shoot but time just got away from me time moves so fast and i'm like i can't sometimes i have to one of the things i'm learning and i hope by the years and i work on balancing things for myself because I can run around, make shit happen for everybody else. But sometimes for me, it's just like, I put it on a back burner. Um, And with this podcast, I originally, during the pandemic, I just got real restless. Um, I had moved into my new place. It was my first time living completely alone. Um, And I was listening. I always listen to podcasts. I've always been a podcast listener, YouTube Anything, I used to listen to the radio growing up all the time. Like, I was definitely a little kid listening to, you know, Wendy Williams every day after school, listening to Golden Girl at night. Like, I loved, like, radio. I loved commentary. I used to watch 
um, Ease Red Carpet, 106 The Park. Like, I love journalism. I love talking. I love conversation. I probably was, like, the only kid I know that was, like, really tuned in to Oprah every week. So um, this was something I always wanted to do, but I was so scared because people, you know, educators and things like that were like, you know, you have to pick something practical. You have to get a job after college. And knowing that I'm a first-generation college graduate, I felt the pressure of you have to be successful immediately. You cannot waste people's time. You cannot live and not work. You can't do that. Like, you have to immediately make money or you wasted everybody's time. And it's like, you just got a degree for nothing. And that's what I was scared of because so many people say, you know, any it's only this small of a market at the time for, you know, journalists and radio. But then 2020 came and I'm like, damn, I could do a podcast. I can definitely record a podcast. I can, I have great ideas. I have great conversations. I'm very insightful. I feel like what I say matters. You know, I feel like I have a different perspective in life than, um, than different people. I can, oh, I'm always somebody that where I can see both sides of the coin, you know, like I'm never like one sided one way. I can always see both sides. I can always shed just a little bit of insight on how other, like if people would come to me advice, I could always see both sides, you know, like I've never been like totally like one way. I can always find insight somewhere. Um, So I wanted to do the podcast, but I was scared to do it by myself. You all know, um, I had a co-host, Natasha, me and her were co-workers and really good friends. We always had great, great conversations. I asked her to do it with me. She did. It was very organic. The way that we converse is very organic. It's very natural. Um, And we launched the podcast April 1st, 2021. Um, She unfortunately left the podcast at the end of 2022, but it was definitely a great way for me to start, you know, this journey of doing commentary, doing uh, journalism of some sort, some sort of communications and starting my podcast, you know, like I really was excited. I really do feel like this is something I'm meant to do. And throughout the whole pandemic, I would just be, you know, conversing with different people, talking to different people, having a bunch of different conversations. I was just talking, like I was joining, like, what was that thing where everybody clubhouse? I was like on clubhouse and like Facebook groups and stuff like that, just conversing. I'm like, yo, I just need to do something. Like I have a lot of talent and I'm not doing shit with it. I just need to figure out what it is that I need to do. So that birthed the podcast. Um, even, you know, with it changing and me doing it by myself, this has been fun. I'm like sitting here like, damn, like for years and years, you've been so scared to just try some shit and turns out you're really good at it and it's successful. And I have you all to thank for that, for tuning in every week. And wanting to, you know, hear my opinions on things. Um, so that's where the podcast started. Now, where I feel like the podcast is going to go, baby, sky's the limit. I definitely want to start going to like a content house and doing um, some real in-person interviews with people. I really want to shed a light. I just feel like I know so many people with a rich history and a story to tell that hasn't been told or at least told from their perspective. Um, I love conversations. I love deep talk. I love fun. I love, you know, 
just people meeting each other. I want to do more events. I want to, you know, I lo- if you know me, I love a good brunch. So I want to do a lot of events um, in the next couple of coming years. I want to do some shit on YouTube. I love reality TV and I'm a, I love it. I rage it. I watch a lot of TV um, in my downtime. So I would love to start doing reviews um, and really meeting all the you that I don't already know. So I'm going to read some of y'all comments. Thank you, Naya. She says she's so proud of me. She can death resonate with, um, I think when I was saying that, uh, I let fear overshadow things. Holly says, congratulations. She says, let's do a day party. I'm with a day party. You come out to Philly, we can definitely have a day party. I went, y'all, this weekend, my little sister celebrated her 30th birthday. So shout out to Asia. We went to this club in Philly called Vesper. It's like a day club. And they have a nightclub too, but the day club is where it's at. We had a ball. We had a ball. Like, it was so much fun. It was chill. It was, like, everybody was just there to have a good time. That See, I'm over 30. I need a day party. I need to be able to get lit, get cute with a cute crowd, and take my ass home. Like, you know... I gotta go. Holly says, you know my name, J- my man J.A. She's talking about Jalen Hurts is there. Her man Jalen Hurts is there. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> we gonna have to rumble about him, Holly. We had a time. Yeah, we had so much fun at Vesper. I say, when I say I needed that, like, release of, like, I think I need, like, every other month to, like, just go out and turn up and have a good ass time and like that's it and just go home by eight o'clock like i need that like i don't want to be out when the hoodlums are out i want to be out while they still in the bed sleep after wrecking havoc the night before like i don't want to be out with them i want to be out with the people that want to have a good time party we were like i was fucking doing line dances i never even knew like we had a good ass time i came home me and my friend was out on the couch watching Homecoming, eating chicken, and it was cool. I had a ball. You would have thought, like, I was out all night. Oh, yeah, I made a little special hot pink drink. So this is my Dragonberry Punch. If you know me, I'm always mixing drinks. So this is um, Casamigos, Dragon Fruit, Strawberries, and Lemonade. And it's good as shit. Um, did you do the Tamiya line? No, I did not do the Tamiya line dance. I don't know how to do that. And I was, I'm going to get to that. I didn't do that. But I did do this um, Afro Beats line dance I always see people do. But that's the next thing. I need somebody to teach me how to do the Tamiya dance. And then I'm going to be real great. I'm, I'm a, If I learn how to do the learning the Tamiya dance is like kind of like learn how to like make your butt cheek shake one-to-one because it's so hard like it's like if you know how to do those two things if you like know how to make your butt cheek shake separately and then like flip them together and if you know how to do the line dance you're basically a fucking avenger and I want to learn how to do both of them and I can't so if you can learn if you know how to do it I need you to pull up and teach me so those are like the two things that I need to learn how to do Make my butt shake like a stripper and learn how to do the Tamiya dance. And then I think I, I'm good with the dancing. I know how to hill toe. If anybody want to battle, I know how to hill toe. I know how to Harlem shake. I know how to, you know, crit walk. Um, yeah, chicken noodle soup. 
you know? And I do all of that. So if anybody want to battle, I'm, I'm, what's up? Put me in the ring, coach. But when y'all start to shake, I can only just do what God gave me to do. I can't do nothing special. I can't do none of that little extra stuff. It don't isolate. I do know how to do the jerk, Holly, period. <laughs> I do know how to do that. Um, so, yeah. If y'all want to battle or something, just let me know. So, on this next, this is going to be a lot of crowd participation. If you're an audio listener, I want you to write in on Instagram or on Twitter your answers to these questions. And if you are on live with me right now, you guys have to answer these questions. So we're going to play a card game called Girl. It is a girls' night out card game. It's black-owned. This is the Naughty Edition. You can find it on Amazon. And if you buy it, hit them up and let them know that Just Let It Glow put y'all on. It's a fun game. Definitely a fun game amongst friends. So um, check it out. We're going to play the game. So if you are on Instagram Live, I need you to comment as I read it. So make sure y'all type in fast so I can read y'all comments. And if you are an audio listener, I want to know your answers. Tweet me at Just Let It Glow on Twitter or comment on our Instagram at JST Let It Glow. I want to know what it is. So I'm going to shuffle up some of these. All right, I'm only going to do a few. So, are y'all ready? Let's go. If you could delete one dating experience, which would it be and why? Um, I already told y'all this before on the podcast. I went, I'm not even going to go in on him. I would eliminate going out with somebody that I knew I wasn't attracted to. Like, I knew I didn't like him. I didn't, I know I didn't like his personality. I know I did not, um, I knew I just wasn't attracted to him, nothing about him, his personality, his appearance, um, anything he had going for himself. I just wasn't there. Um, he was very nice. He wasn't rude at all. He was just nice. Hey, Ty. She said, hey, beautiful. Um, I knew I wasn't attracted to him in the least bit. Um, this is actually her fault. So I went out for my friend who's on here. I went out for with her one night to this bar. She'd been wanting me to go to. I'm like, okay, sure. So some guy liked her and wanted to take us out to breakfast. And I was taking one for the mother freaking team. And it was, it was real bad. He was, he was, I took one for the team and he just, I was trying to see if I was shallow because a lot of my friends said that, like, I look at appearances when dating. And what I realized through there, I don't look at appearances while dating. I just happen to date decent-looking men. They're still trash, but at least they're decent-looking. Like, I, I'm not going to say I've been pulling the baddest niggas in the world. You know, I don't even like a pretty boy. But I usually pull pretty good-looking guys, you know? Um, so I'm not shallow i just happened to have a you know a little bit of thing going on but i he was just like very insecure like our first date he ordered a fucking salad while we were at the movie tavern 
Um, I think we went bowling and he ordered like salmon. He also like had like some form of a girdle on. He just wasn't, he just wasn't giving what I thought it was. Um, I just regretted dating because I felt like and he wouldn't let go after. Like we never did anything and never went further than dates. And he just wouldn't let the shit go. And I'm like, I I can't date nobody I'm not attracted to. Like when some people be like, oh, I'm not attracted to looks. I'm not attracted to looks. I'm attracted to confidence. So if you're not confident and you're like not a big guy that's like, yeah, I'm Rick Ross type energy, I don't need it. I don't, I don't need it. So I'm going to read some of y'all conversations, some of y'all bad dates. Somebody, I'm not going to say y'all names. Somebody said this crazy man with tattoos on his head. He was crazier than a yard dog. But I was trying not to be judgmental, SMH. Yeah, you got to If they look crazy, they probably crazy. Dating the psycho and insecure nigga. I would never date. That's what I meant. I'm never dating somebody that's insecure because I worked very, I, I say this all the time. I work very hard um, on my confidence. I work very hard working on my insecurities. And at this point in my life, I don't see myself with someone that hasn't done the same. We have all been bullied. We have all had parts of us that we don't particularly like, but I need somebody that loves all of them like I love all of me. Like, if you don't love who you are, you can't love me. If you don't fuck with how you walk in this world, how God made you, then I really, I really, really can't deal with you as a friend, as a dude I'm dating, nothing. Like, I cannot deal with that. Like, I need you to be completely solid in who God made you to be. Um, this man that was missing his front teeth. I swear I didn't know. How you ain't know he's missing front teeth? You wasn't wearing your glasses? Now I'm judging. I said this is a safe space. Now I'm, I'm it ain't that safe. I, I think this guy did coke in the bathroom. Oh, I would delete that. I would delete that shit too. Why you... You thought you did, he did coke? If you think he did coke, then he did it. Whatever you think he did, he did. And I think that's another thing is that people, like, people really be into some stuff. And I just, one of my bad habits is because I'm not into certain stuff, I don't really be thinking I attract those that are. But after dating certain people and they would just get irritated or they always ask them, like, what are you into? Like, do you drink? Like, when you first date, do you drink? Do you smoke? Like, what's up? You pill? Like, why the hell? I live life. I don't, I don't, like, why we got to talk about vices first date in, first conversation in? He hid them very well. I noticed it after about a week. She said, I'm like, why you don't be laughing at me? Because, bitch, I'm funny and my niggas be laughing. The fuck? Girl. Not no teeth. No teeth is uh no teeth is wild. Make sure y'all sending this live to y'all friends so that they can tap in. Um name a alcohol that you will never ever drink again. Baby. Alright, so some people were still answering the last question. This guy kept calling me chick that not why you, why he kept calling you chick. Yeah, he, he, you wasn't his type. 
Um, but an alcohol brand that I'll never, ever, ever drink again. <sighs> Bacardi Limon. I I can never drink that, smell it, anything that's close to it. I don't even drink clear liquor because of that. I told y'all before that when I was in college, I got um, underage for drinking. I was drinking it. Um, and I won't say I have a high tolerance. I have a high tolerance. I do. Um, I always did. I started, you know, drinking a little bit and a little bit in high school, a little bit like partying and stuff. I would never, ever, ever drink Bacardi Limon. Like I could smell, like if I smell it, I'll get sick. I'll never drink that again. I told y'all I got an underage. I had to be walked home. Um, from a party, it was, I, I got in trouble. It was just a lot going on. Like I didn't drink for like a good six months after that. Cause I was like shook. Like I ain't never been sick like that in my life. Like it was a lot going on. Never would drink Bacardi Limon ever again. Let's see what the girlies say ever clear. The crazy part is it's illegal in Pennsylvania. So I don't know how we'd be getting it, but it's illegal in Pennsylvania. I think people drive out to Delaware to get it. But in college, I feel like they always put that in like punches and stuff. Can y'all believe that in college we were drinking out of people's like clothes bins, like tubs? We had no standards. For a while it was eighteen hundred, the kind with the blue label. Oh, the um, Blanco. Yeah, I wouldn't drink that. I would not drink that ever again. Um, Grey Goose. Yeah, that is another one. I, people think, like, because it's a higher shelf brand, that is good. Grey Goose is the nastiest goddamn vodka I ever had in my life. I don't even like vodka, but Grey Goose is freaking disgusting. Would never, ever, ever drink that again. Another thing that people don't want to say, and I don't want to say that because just in case... I feel bad. So if you later want to give me a sponsorship for me to retry it, Diddy, I will. But I fucking hate Ciroc. Ciroc is nasty, nasty, nasty. I felt like in college we were just buying it because of brand of the brand and who it was attached to. But as a vodka, disgusting. Never would drink that again. Audio listeners, you let me know what you will never drink. Um, what is the biggest lie you have ever told? Hmm, I lie to men every day. I lie to men every day. I ain't gonna lie. I lie to men every day. Like, if a guy sit there and asks me, like, hey, are you home? I'm like, no, I just left. I'm sitting on the couch. If they be like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, just got to the market. I already left the market. I'm home. If they like, oh... What you doing right now? I'm like, oh, cleaning my house, you know, getting stuff together. I am eating a snack. Like, I don't know why. I just never tell men what's really going on with me. Like, I never, like, I just be like, what you want? <laughs> like, what you want? They're like, oh, are you free today? No. Um, I'm free tomorrow. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I don't know. Unless I really like the person, then I'm usually, like, if I really like the person, I'm available. Like, wait, wait, what you doing? But if it's, like, somebody I don't really like, no. Um, What's another lie? 
I think like to get out of school, my grandpa uh, died when I was eight. And I will always say my paternal grandfather when I was trying to get out of like school class or excuse the test in college. My grandfather on my father's side died when I was eight. So I will always, I always say my paternal grandfather uh, passed away. I never gave a date. I never said nothing. So he done died like 10 times already. But uh, hey, the fuck? nobody ever asked for an obituary. So there's that. Um, what others? Yeah, I lie to men all the time. I don't never tell them the truth. Men don't believe us anyway, so you might as well lie to them. Exactly. Exactly. You might as well. They don't believe us. So y'all don't want to tell me what y'all be lying about. Or y'all told me the lie. Um, if you are, right, I read those. What's another one? Um, name some really great first date activities. Um, honestly, I, I think like, I think painting with a twist is a really good, um, I think painting with a twist is a really, really, really great first date because it's an activity. You can drink a little bit. You can drink a lot. It's very friendly. It's very like. And it's, I feel like it's just such a great icebreaker. And I think it's like something that you could create with the person that you went on a date with. Like it's something, it's like creating something you can, it can be momentous. It could be fun. Um, especially if you, either one of you are good at like painting, it's like a really good way to break the ice, get comfortable. You know, it's other people around. It's not just like a couple's thing. Like you can talk, be comfortable. Even um, I think like candle making, that's really fun. I just think activities that aren't like, don't fucking take me bowling. I am 33. Don't take me bowling. I am like, I done been bowling. A hunt- I'll be 33. I'm not 33. I'll be 33 this November. But I don't, don't take me bowling again. Like, I don't want to go bowling again. Like, I'm bold the fuck out. But I do think, like, activities where you're, like, doing things, that it, especially things that you guys aren't, like, that great at, would be fun, you know? But me personally, I don't want to go bowling ever again. I don't, I'm not as a first date. Um, I like dates that allow you to move around, like Top Golf. That's fun. That's fun. I haven't been to Top Golf. I would love to go to Top Golf. Um, I like bowling. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like it. I was just about to say, I don't like bowling. I get bored after the first game. Me too, but I'll be ready to eat the snacks. Like, what's going on? Especially because dudes be thinking they freaking Fred, Fred Flintstone and just be like knocking them shits out the park and like go on and on and on and on and on that I'm just like, oh my God, like we got three more games of this? Like, geez. Can we play an arcade game? Also, don't take me to Dave and Buster's. I'm not a gamer, and I'm going to tell you that as soon as you meet me. I'm not a gamer. Don't take me to Dave and Buster's. But, um, yeah, I think, like, candle making, I think painting with a twist is fun. Top golf is fun. Um, I don't think you should go to movies on the first date. You're not talking. You're not talking at all. The movie is going. And then you don't really know each other's, like, movie taste. 
like me, I've been on dates where I go into like to see the Equalizer and shit like that, and it's like, or not the Equalizer. What's the other movie? Maybe it is the Equalizer. That movie with Denzel Washington. Like I went on dates to see that, but I'm not an action movie fan. Like I like chick flicks. I like comedy. I like horror. I like stuff like that. I like romance. I like you know like don't. And then movies like you don't really get to date. And then I feel like dinner is so like uh so much pressure when you go out to dinner a lot of times. It's the pressure of I don't wanna pick a restaurant that this guy can't afford. I don't want, you know, to have forced conversation because it's just coming up with topics, coming up we're not doing a podcast. So I just think that you should do some type of activity. I said I feel like picnics are very intimate as well. So I wouldn't say that. Um, so yeah, I said painting, sculpt making. Um, I saw axe throwing before is a fun date. Um, escape room is a fun date. Um, there's some virtual reality games and places. That's really fun. Um, what's another really good date? It's a lot of shit out here. You know, museums, like, take it, take somebody to a ex- museum, do something different. Like, yeah, escape room is fun. Um, what else? It's just so many things you can do. Like, museums, or arcade, if you like games. I don't like games. But, yeah, it's, it's a lot of shit you can do out here that you're not just sitting around talking to one another. Um, I, I would just try to look for activities in the city, like, Philly, like, we had the Chinese Lantern Festival. That's fun. If a concert is going on in the city, that's fun. A comedy show, you know, somebody, Shanice said, be a tourist in your city. That's a really great idea. Hey, you're giving our date idea. We were supposed to do that this summer. Bitch. Yeah, a art gallery. Yeah, I, I went to an art gallery before, and I really had a great time. I met a lot of people um, I bought some work, a uh, sports game. Yeah, I, sports games, especially like in the city of Philadelphia. Like our teams could be really, really winning, and the t- tickets can be expensive, but they could be like whatever. And so, like Phillies games in Philly, Phillies is a baseball is a very long sports season. You can literally get five ten dollar tickets for the Phillies and just walk around the stadium and have a good time like it's bars in our stadiums like you could do so much like it's fun you don't have to stay in your seat it's a good conversation especially if somebody doesn't understand it basketball too like the Sixers are not always expensive you can find cheap tickets it's just the experience of going to see the Sixers you can talk you can laugh you can joke it's a bar it's food you know it's a a lot of performances it's celebrity sightings like it's fun um eagles game tailgate invite somebody to a tailgate like hey me and my friends we're going to tailgate at the six at the eagles game let's go to xfinity live they got it's going to be a bunch of stuff going on we can have a good time you know uh pins landing in philadelphia is like the water walk it's fun do fun stuff like i think they have like you know it's just so much stuff uh, the Mushaloo here, it's like a boat ride dinner if you want to do like a romantic dinner. It's a little different. 
Um, I did, I, I did dinner in a, um, years ago I did a theater at dinner. Like it was like a whodunit during dinner. That was really fun. It was like the, we were having dinner and they were acting out like a whodunit. That was really fun. I did that years ago with some friends. It's so much shit to do. Like, I just feel like if a man is listening to this, we just all gave you free game. Like, have, like, we be wanting to have fun. And if you want to do dinner, just pick a place to have dinner. Don't ask the women to f- figure out the place. It We get nervous about it because we don't want to pick a certain place. Me and my friends, I don't know what to tell you. I hate, this is a pet peeve for me. Like, when I'm out with men, they think, like, I'm picking out places because I want them to spend money. I spend money. Oh, board. uh, Jimmy said board and sip. Yes, I wanted to do that. It's like you, it's like painting with a sip, but painting with a twist, but you make, like, these board signs. So, like, let's say, like, on, like, wood, it's, like, uh, painting, like, kitchen signs or, like, board like it's like signage like you just painting it it's really cool you could put it like in a kitchen you can hang it up like on a wall it could be like outside your house like it's really fun stuff um but yeah you should want to have fun but yeah pick the place to go to dinner if you want to go to dinner I don't want too picky because me and my friends can go out me and my friend just spent a hundred dollars just two people hundred something dollars at Red Lobster yesterday. Red Lobster. Every day is going to be plus $200. That was just us during happy hour going to Red Lobster. You know, pick different stuff that you want to do. That's fine. They have something similar where you can make a welcome mat. Yes, they have welcome mats. Um, Hell, you could do a day party at Vesper. Have a good time. It's so much stuff to do in the city. I just think that a lot of the times we're just, you know, stuck doing the same things over and over. Um, so, yeah, if you are an audio listener, make sure you are tweeting us your suggestions, your ideas for a great first dates. You can tweet at Just Let It Glow on Twitter or Instagram. Comment on our post of 100th episode, JST Let It Glow. All right. So... Here's a good question. So we're about to get in a show. We're about to get into topics. I want to hear all of your thoughts about what's going on. Um, I want to hear about all of your dates. I want to hear all of your uh, commentary about the topics that I'm going to bring up. I'm going to read them for the show. And if you are an audio listener, again, tweet us, Instagram us, comment on SoundCloud. Also, if you guys are on listening through Apple Music, Make sure y'all leave a review for your girl. Thank you. So, hypothetically, do you think that if your man is at a birthday dinner for you and invited all of your friends and planned this big dinner, do you feel like he should pay for the entire dinner or should he just pay for you and his dinner? Um, I'm gonna let y'all get ready to answer that question. I'm gonna give a little background information. So on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, it was an argument between Sheree and Sonya regarding if her boyfriend Martel Hall from Love and Marriage Huntsville on on TV 
should have paid for Sheree's dinner um, with all of the guests, which the bill came up to 1500 Sonya says that after he paid for the dinner, but it asked everybody to cash at him afterwards. I want comment your opinion. Should your man pay for the dinner or do you feel like everybody can pay for their own dinner? He doesn't have to. All right. So for me, it's a two part question. I feel like in real life with everyday working class people, no, pay for your own damn dinner. Like, be serious. Everybody got jobs. Everybody working hard. Pay for your own dinner. Um, I have no, I have no expectations when I go to a birthday dinner for my friends or if I'm just like hanging with my friend and she says her boyfriend is stopping by. I have never had any, any, any idea that thoughts that, that he would pay for my stuff. Like I always pay for my things when I'm out with other people. You know, that's your man. That ain't my man. Um, if somebody were to pay for dinner, like, I'd appreciate it. But I would have, you know, I'd probably buy drinks and stuff next. Like, I wouldn't pay for everybody. I wouldn't expect my man to pay for everybody dinner. I don't expect for my friends' men to pay for my dinner. Um, however, two-part, if you are somebody that's boisterous, and talk about money, and you talk about success, and you talk about how you got it, shouldn't nobody at that dinner, other than you and your man, pay for that dinner? Like, Sheree, y'all act like y'all are so freaking rich. Y'all act like y'all wear, you know, $10,000 outfits ain't nothing. Why the hell for a $1,500 bill, everybody got pitched in like y'all regular working class people? That is tacky. I think for Martel and Sheree, that's tacky. I I don't care if you, but we both know Sheree don't like to pay bills. And we know Martel don't either. So for Martel, for reality stars and celebrities and all of that shit, or people who like to put on, like they just got so much money and, you know, they wipe their ass for $1,500, $1,500. I would think that you'll be able to pay for everybody's dinner. Um, But in real life with everyday people, hell no. I I don't expect it. I have no expectation for you to do that. So let's read. She said, that would be a great, uh, wrong one. My man, no. Martel absolutely agreed, agreed. But the week before, gave up 5K and was counting everyone else's pockets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, y'all always are worried about the wrong. That's the one thing with reality TV. Everybody likes to play rich until it comes to, like, regular, regular things. And for some reason, I also feel like the birthday party shit, if you, I, I this is how I run my birthdays, if I was doing like dinner or people got to pay a bill, bring cash. This is the range that I think will happen. Make sure everybody is going to pay. The bill will be split evenly. Like I give too much information, Like nobody is coming to my dinner blindsided. 
um, if somebody were to like choose, like if I had a boyfriend that choose to like pay for the entire party, first of all, I'm already, if I know he ain't got it like that, I'm going to tell everybody, no, send him the money. He'll put it on his card, but send him the money. Like, if I know he just being nice because he don't want it to seem like he a broke nigga, if he ain't got 1500 to spare, that ain't about to come out my livelihood, out my little, you know, rent money. No, we all enjoyed this little $100 steak. And everything and all the fixings and all the lemon drops and all the dragon fruit punches. No. Everybody pay their money. But if you're going to act boisterous, if he act like he got money, then I'm be like, yeah, you, you know, you can pay for dinner. Damn. But if you ain't got it, if you just regular working class, no, I don't expect it. And I don't think anybody else should expect it, especially if there were other men at the dinner table. Like, that's weird. Um, I just think people got weird rich people expectations sometimes, and y'all real regular. Um, but for Martel Hulk, for you to be on reality TV, you act so like you got money and money not an option, and Sheree act the same way, you would think that at least one out of the two would have been able to pay for the dinner for the people. But that's why you had to realize a lot of us are living better than the people we see on TV. They are living from pillar to post. These people that's on reality TV, they are the first people to start doing CPN scamming and everything else. They don't got it. They don't got money. They're, they don't have it. They're not well off. They don't know how, you know, if they don't get on this show next season, how they're going to eat. They're living off of social media ads and everything else. These people do not know how to generate a dollar. So while we be thinking they're living the life, they're not. Because they're having stupid-ass conversations just like we are about whether or not, how do you split a $1,500 dinner bill? Every Like everybody else. But they, you know, don't let them think tell you, stop going to these people that can't pay a bill. Stop going to the uh, emp- girls' empowerment business formal events brunches and everything else because they can't even pay for a bill and neither can they men so yeah stop going to those brunches <sighs> do i want to talk about her tiffany haddish has a it's alleged that tiffany haddish is working on a dating show where the contestants are very successful women and they will be um, dating homeless men. Someone joined the live. You look gorgeous. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, Tiffany Haddish is, is supposed to host a reality show where successful women are going to date homeless men. Why do we have to have a reality show? This is Tiffany Haddish. This is not the way to have us ignore that weird shit that you and Ari Spears allegedly did to them children that did the funnier die uh, skit. This is not a way to pillar your career. This is not a great pivot. I honestly think that this is like a rumor. Y'all, I don't know if y'all know, but. Kevin Hart and Nick Cannon have this like reality show where 
they um, pull pranks on celebrities. I think this is a part of it, but let's just act like it's true. This is the dumbest damn idea. Why would you want to traumatize successful women with disguising hobosexuals that are just looking for a place to live? It's plenty of successful women out here already that are dating very poor and broke men that they take care of. They probably listen to this episode right now. There is enough of us that have dated bums. We don't need a reality show for you to want us to see. And this is what I talked about earlier. We don't need it depicted on TV of where we have to find the 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 lawyer that's so successful and beautiful and doing well for herself. She's not finding love with these men that are just as successful as her. So what does she do? She goes and marry a man that is homeless because he has a good heart and he's nice. And his sex is good. You can't forget that part. If you broke, you know, they just automatically feel like you are just Mr. Pipe It Down. You just so good. You know how to just, can nobody have sex like a homeless person? Like, this is like a reality show. I'm pretty sure Tyler Perry is producing it. Like, I don't understand this depiction of wanting successful black women to take care of men that aren't up to parts of their living standards. Like, I just don't get this obsession that people have as if successful women beyond 30 can only settle for people that aren't doing as well as they are, let alone, let alone be fucking homeless. Homeless? Like, where he about to stay at? Where he about, like, now I got to court this man because I'm successful? But then we want to talk about letting a man be a man and falling under the line of su- submission and listening to a man and, you know, following his lead, following his motherfucking lead to a shelter. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, they can keep that. She can keep it. So she's trying to have a sugar mama show. Yeah, I think so too, because Nick Cannon was supposed to have a baby, to have a fine and a baby mama show. Oh, yeah, I think it's a joke. Yeah, I think it's a part of Nick Cannon and Kevin Hart's joke. But we just going to act like it ain't. But if it is, y'all remind me that I said it first. But I'm pretty sure it's a part of their joke. Because I know even Tiffany Haddish ain't that damn dumb. And I feel like while y'all doing all of this and producing all of these stupid shows, can we, like, bring back shows I actually like? Like... What Flavor Flav doing? What is Flavor Flav up to? It, TV haven't been the same since I ain't see Flav on my TV. Alright. What Flavor Flav up to? Let me, you know, let's reboot a couple of things. Like, why do we gotta keep watching stupid stuff all the time? Bring back Hip Hop Squares. I like that show. Okay. So next we're going to talk about oversharing 
on social media. So apparently this week, Taryn Manning, Manning, she played Pensatucky on Orange is the New Black. She also played in Hustle and Flow. um, And I think she was in a Karen movie, the movie Karen. She got on social media and disclosed to everyone that she has been in a year-long relationship with a man she just found out was married and for a year straight she licked his booty hole and she's not going to make any apologies for it because that's what he wanted and she enjoyed doing it for him she just didn't like the fact that she found out that he was a married man uh yes i said tara madding said this and this is my thing i just feel like it's two parts to this Sometimes producers in Hollywood really don't have to just find people off the street and give them a job. Like, I get that they might fit the the mold, you know, for a certain role, but I just feel like some people are not meant to be graced on my television screen, and they don't need a little bit of celebrity. You know what I mean? Um... I could have never known that and been just fine. I didn't even need to see Taryn Manning in real life. I was fine just actually just seeing her Orange is the New Black whenever I decided to watch it. I didn't need to know anything about her life. I didn't need to know that she actually is real, real life Pensatucky and that she's not that great of an actress and that she just was playing her fucking self on that show. I never needed to know that. I just thought, you know, she was like Meryl Streep of Orange is the New Black. I would have been fine to think that. That she's totally different than the character in which we watched on television. I never needed to know that they they, they literally just picked her up on the street for Hustle and Flow and that's what it was. And she just had a career playing the same damn role over and fucking over and I say this to say, it gets to a point, I'm going to tell y'all right now, as much as I want to expand this brand, as much transparency I'm going to offer, I'll never be that freaking transparent. Y'all will never know my business in that way. I wouldn't, if I ever get on social media and go live talking about how I was a side chick and do whatever I do in the bedroom, just call, just thrill to me. 302 me, call the cops, do a wellness check because something's not right. Like, I am over the oversharing on social media. Like, I'm so over, like, people just telling us their business unfreaking provoked. Like, it's been happening so long where I just be like, wait, why did we need to know that? Like, Y'all always want to break up with people and then talk about all the degrading shit y'all did in the bedroom. She couldn't have been hacked. She got on live and was talking. She could, She went on live and said that. Uh, somebody said, my life was going just fine without knowing it. Mine too. I thought sis was acting. I was waiting for an scene. She was hacked. Ain't no way she can be hacked. <laughs> Ooh, with them baby shark teeth she got. Listen. (laughs) Listen. She said she don't need, it's all lips, you know. 
I just feel like every time y'all break up with somebody or y'all find out somebody is like a cheater or they did y'all wrong, like it's always like these people want to go on social media and, you know, talk about, you know, some freaky deaky stuff that you ain't no business doing in the first place. And that lets me know that y'all don't really be doing stuff because of your enjoyment. You just doing it because that's what the other person wants you to do. Now for a whole year, you was paying a man and was looking him up and down in all these weird places for what? Just for him to go back to his wife. So you was doing all the nasty stuff the wife ain't wanted him to do. Because I don't feel like y'all just stopped there looking at booty hole. I think you kept going and going and doing other stuff too. I think that was just like you're tipping the water to see if people going to be like, oh, that's nothing. Like, I think it's some more stuff that was going on. So our next um, segment is this is where I like to talk about like a topic or a business or, you know, a person that, you know, that I just think needs like some type of revamp, some like type of special, you know, like I think they just need like to change things up. And this is what I do if I work for them. Kenya Moore. Former Miss USA, the second Black Miss USA, Real Housewives of Atlanta star. So this morning, I watched her interview with reality TV show producer Carlos King. And I honestly thought it was a pretty great interview for her. I think that there are a lot of layers to her that we never really got to see. I feel like she needs to utilize, you know, her celebrity a bit more. I think she needs to expand her brand. And I think she has a really, really great story to tell. That would be amazing to read. Y'all know, if y'all listen to the show, I love to read a good book. I like a good memoir. And lately, the celebrity memoirs, outside of Viola Davis' memoir, they haven't been giving me that oomph, that, that, changed your life that wants you to like want this person to win or you see why they are the way they are in a very authentic way and I feel like if we read a memoir about some of the things that she went through not only just becoming the second black Miss USA but like her upbringing leading her to that um on Real Housewives of Atlanta it was revealed you know that she had an estranged relationship with her mother but on, but they never really explained what that was. Like, they kind of just glossed over it, but never really went into full detail or at least acknowledged her in a way that made sense for her to, you know, act the way she acted or had the, um, the ideas, you know, or just her reaction to things or her defense mechanisms. That I think if she wrote a memoir about her life, her upbringing, why her daughter now brings her so so much joy? Why did she sign up to be a television villain? How it was growing up in Detroit? How it was growing up with a mother that didn't even acknowledge that you existed? And be around the family of said mother, and they all, you know, act like that what she does is okay. And they are like, you know, complacent in your abuse and they're aiding in your abuse by not, by having you around somebody that acts like you're not alive. Like they didn't get birth to you. That has to be such a hard thing. Like it's one thing to be adopted, right? 
But it's another thing to be around your birth parent and they act as if you just never, you know, lived before. Like you just never, um, you know, live. Like you just never, uh, like they just don't, they never gave birth to you. And watching her interview with Carlos King, I'm like, well, dang, I would have loved to learn more about Kenya Moore if I would have known like her mom just was she doesn't know anything like her mom suffers from a mental health disorder that she doesn't, she's unaware of that. She just acts like Kenya, like she never gave birth to Kenya. Kenya doesn't exist. She doesn't know who she is. She has gone out of her way to try to sabotage her as she was becoming a beauty queen and winning different pageants and entering. And she would reach out to like the pageant um, headquarters and try to get Kenya's crowns taken um, Kenya also um, disclosed that when she was 16, she was dating um, a man that was 27 and how traumatic that was. Um, she's talked about domestic um, abuse situations. She um, talked about, you know, just wanting to produce her own TV and being very popular in the 90s and different opportunities. I just think that she's at a level where she's ready to be transparent. And that's another thing I feel like with memoirs that people are quick to write them, but people aren't quick to be transparent. You know, I would never write an autobiography or a memoir about my life because I don't know if I will ever possess such transparency that happens in the back of your mind that you never tell out loud to other people. Like memoirs are supposed to be like gathered from like your own recollection, like your own journeys, like your own journals and stuff like that, that a writer helps you cultivate to make it a story. But it has to read like good memoirs read off like a freaking storybook, like Maya Angelou. Like that was such a deep and very transparent um, memoir that I just, you know, that's why it's critically acclaimed. Um, I wouldn't write one. I wouldn't do it for me because I don't know if I possess that level of transparency at this point, but I don't know. Kenya Moore is 50 years old. And I just think her story would, um, I just think that this would be an amazing story to tell. I think that I could see it being a movie, you know, the success that she has had is unheard of, you know, there, she opened a door for so many other people, you know, she's not the first but she is the most famous miss usa we have seen her you know on martin in the house she did a freaking movie about threesomes back in 2001 way before you know sex was even sex was so taboo i think this was probably even you know a bit much for like sex in the city to discuss like someone a married couple bring it in um a, a woman into their relationship and then the wife and the woman is like doing a little bit more on the side and the man it, it was is a book is a, is a thing y'all might want to watch that on tubi but that was such a groundbreaking movie that it ushered the world in for other things to happen you know um a book on mark would definitely be amazing yes i would love to hear from her perspective what it feels like to be married to a narcissist. Like, I, I just think that she should write one. Let me read some of your com com comments. Yeah. A book on Mark would be amazing. Yeah, I think just that chapter of that book 
will have me tapped in because I don't understand that marriage. I don't understand that man. I even if she's talking about the nuances of being on reality TV and how sometimes there are they become like she became a, willingly became a villain on TV to the point where people don't even see her as human. They just say she's mean and she's evil and that she's a bully. And there were times where she was extremely lancy. And I could relate to that because I talked about it on a show before. I've never been like a mean girl. I've never been a mean girl my entire life. I've never, ever been a mean girl. But I am a Scorpio. And I was MM somebody that if you say something to me out the way, especially back in the day, like if you said something, you disrespected me, I didn't understand below the belt. It was no belt, and it definitely didn't give it in about going below the belt. Like, if you did something to disrespect me, I'm going to, like, really tear you down. Like, I'm going to go in. That's how I used to feel. Like, I don't really care. You know, like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to snap. I'm going to be nasty. I'm going to make you hate that you ever felt like you could disrespect me. Now, I still got that side, but I haven't utilized that in a very, 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 very long time. It's still there, but I never, you know, utilized that in that way. Um, so I get that saying, like, where it's like, I'm not a mean person. It's just that when I say stuff, I take it too far. And I think, you know, it's a reason. Everybody has a reason for that. Like, I grew up in the hood. I grew up, you know... Either, like, you, even if you was bullied, you had to, like, have snacks coming back. I learned to bust on people. I learned to fight. I learned to do all that out of defense. Like, I'm naturally not that person. Like, I hate confrontation. I hate getting hype. I hate wanting to fight. I hate arguing. Um, um, I would, I would go in one time so far. I would take shit so far one time with one comment that I wouldn't have to keep arguing because I hate arguing. Like, I'm going to say some shit that'll make you want to walk away. And I think I would say it so boldly that after a while, people probably were like, yo, she's so bold. She must be ready to rumble. Like, she just must be. Like, she's going to fight. Like, and I'm like, I can if you want to, but I would get people so irate that they wouldn't even want to fight because I would hurt them. Like, I had them so emotional up in the, you know, draws all up in the thong the way I would go in on them. Like, I wouldn't even care. Like, everybody's, everybody, we rumbling with everybody. Like, I don't care. So, I understand that part, but I do feel like at some point you got to grow up and you got to learn how to not say things. There were things that, she said on that show that I felt like were very disgusting, like very disgusting things that were said that I don't even think is becoming of her. Like it is not a good look for her. Like even if you felt offended by something, there were like that comment she said, like to Portia, like she doesn't know what to say if there isn't a penis in her mouth you know, like she called her a lot of whores. It was a lot of projection going on when she would argue with Portia. I don't know if Portia just got the hell on her nerves, but I feel like that would be very interesting. And I think from a memoir, we should see a spinoff 
where she is really, really like getting intense therapy. Like we, like she's working with like an AJ Johnson. She's working through her childhood traumas. Like we should be able to see that for Kenya more. Like we want, I want to be able to see you, you know, really transform and work on your healing and really figure out those childhood traumas as to why, you know, some of your reactions are the way that they are and like shed a different light of you. Like you allow reality TV to create this villain. Give us the origin story. Bravo's not going to give it to you. Take that origin story. Let us read about it. Let us know what's going on. Get a, Write this book so good that people want to see the process. You know, do a documentary. Take Do your own stuff. Like she said before, she was a producer. She has her own production company since the 90s. Do a, a document, a doc. Was it what? a documentary? Sorry, I've been drinking, y'all. A documentary about you know your healing journey and the things that you're doing to counteract some of the ways that you were treated as a child and why you might come off as the villain. Let us see your origin story. Let us know. Shed a different light. I want to see you as the mother. I want to see why having that beautiful daughter of yours changed your life in such a way that you're not even totally the most annoying person on the show anymore. And that you seem more at peace, even though it's chaotic things happening around you, you know? Let me go read some of you guys' comments. Um, she has a very interesting life. She's different. She was a Billy that transformed, in my opinion, right? I used to go in, but growth comes with age. It definitely does. Her beef with Kim Fields was unnecessary. And honestly, it could have just been because that money was good. That, that real housewives money was good. You know, what we see right now with the writer's strike and the actor strike, actors and writers, if you're not currently working and you're not currently getting a check, that money is not that great, you know? So I definitely think that she was just trying, she was getting good money from uh, real housewives and she wasn't trying to get rid of that check. She was trying to, Keep that money going and flowing and, you know, Kim Fields was the easy target. I just think that it didn't help her career outside of Housewives to go at Kim Fields in such a way. All right, y'all. I'm going to take a little sippy sip. And now... For the hundredth time, celebrating our hundredth episode, we got to my favorite part of the podcast, which is the glow up topic. For a hundred episodes, we have been growing, learning, glowing together, working on ourselves, figuring out different ways to grow as a person. Um, and I feel like from me just doing this podcast, I feel like I'm way stronger than when I started, I know that a lot of um, people have said that glow up topics have helped them, you know, work on different things that they didn't realize they were struggling with. Um, and I'm glad this podcast, as much as we talk about gossip, as much as we joke around, one of the best things to me is just being able to come full circle. It's just like a girlfriend's conversation. When I'm with my friends, 
we're going to talk, we're going to chat, we're going to live, but I always walk away uplifted in some way. We always have like a deep conversation. We could be drunk and it could be like a real, you know, spiritual moment. We can talk. I, I feel like I grow with you guys every week. Like I always say, I don't have all of the answers. I just go by what I feel in my heart. I try to work on different things that I'm struggling with. And I just want to be transparent about those struggles so that if you have any advice on how I can work through it, or if you read a book about it, if you um, are also struggling, if you used to struggle on it, I want you to be able to share that with me and share that with the other listeners, because I feel like life, I just feel like I've been growing ever since from what I see with the different people I follow on social media that listen to the show, your lives have been glowing is there's a different air about you. Um, I have had so many people that discuss going to therapy after listening to the show or trying it out or journaling or, you know, just working on certain things, working on boundaries, working on confidence, on, you know, not projecting and different things like that. So for the hundredth glow up, um, it actually just came to me this morning. I watched a clip of um, Masika Kalisha. She's a, a reality star that used to be on Love & Hip Hop. And she was arguing with somebody about why she didn't want to go on baddies. That's neither here nor there. But I always say, no matter the person, you can always learn a lesson from them. Good, bad, or indifferent, you can always take a learning curve from something, right? And what she said to that man was, she realized that her no's were stronger than her yeses and it changed her life. And I want to honestly say, I used to say yes, 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 yes to everything. And I was burnt the freak out. Like I was so burnt out from saying yes to everything. Oh, do you want to go here? Yes. Do you, can you help me with this? Yes. Um, could you do this? Yes. Could you watch this person? Yes. Could you help me write this? Yes, 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 yes. Like everything was just always yes. Like I felt bad for saying no. And I felt like my yeses, even at work, like yes, 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 yes. Sure, no problem. Oh, of course I got this. Oh yeah, no. Oh, I can make it work. I can help you out. I can make it work if I just move this thing around. Like saying yes to everything burnt me out so bad that I had to kind of take like, time even prior to the pan right before the pandemic that I had to like really reclaim a bit of my life because I realized I was walking around with no boundaries and once I started saying no I became more confident I felt like I didn't have to do stuff like if I want to do things I can I don't have to if I say yes people aren't gonna hate me um, if I mean, if I say, if I don't say yes, they won't hate me. If I say no, it's not the end of the world. People are capable of figuring out things that I can leave shit at the table, you know, like with, you know, opportunities and business and jobs. I can literally go to work and if somebody say, Hey, can you help out with this? I can honestly say, no, I can't. My, my plate's pretty full and not feel like something was at jeopardy or that people would be upset with me or I'm not a team player or I'm not helping or, you know, that I'm not worthy. 
because I'm not able to be used in that way, you know? Like, I felt like for a long time, if I'm not being utilized to help other people, then there is no worth there. There isn't, you know, I'm not... The great thing about me is that I'm always there for everybody. You know, that's the thing that people say, you know? You're always there. You always show up. You always this. You're always that. You know, you get shit done or whatever, you know, you're always reliable. I don't want to always be reliable. Like, I don't always want to be responsible. I don't always want to do that. And I want to be able to utilize no so that I can say yes to myself. And once I start saying no to people or no to things or saying, no, that's not going to work for me. I'm not going to just take whatever you give me. You know, like we talked about, it was a joke, but like the lady said, like Stormy Weathers was like, whatever her name, Stormy, Stormy something, the scammer lady said, like, I don't have to eat what you put in front of me. I don't. I can say, no, thank you. I don't, you know, it's like being fed. I hate eggs. It's like eating fucking eggs because if I say, no, I don't like eggs, the person who prepared the eggs are going to be offended, but I don't like it. So why do I have to eat it? Like, why do I have to say yes if I don't want to? There is power in me saying no. You know, there's a lot of power in me being able to confidently say no and be okay with it. And whatever, you know, chip, however the chips fall, that's just how they going to fall. And it is what it is. And I trust, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to tell anybody to believe in God or anything like that. I'm not here to do that. But for me, I put my faith in God, I put my faith in the universe that I don't know what's for me is for me. And if I say no to an opportunity, if I say no to a situation, then I won't be punished for it because I'm not being rewarded for saying yes. Even though I'm tired and I'm burnt the hell out, I haven't been rewarded for those yeses. All I got is a tired ass DeAndre, you know, that was neglecting herself. You know, that wasn't going after what she wanted because she's helping other people get what they need, you know? Um, and I was neglecting me. So when I said it, when I heard her say that, I'm like, damn, that's such a good word. Like my nose became stronger than my yeses and it changed my life. I really do feel like that. I, you know, I got tired of the same shit. I got tired of dealing with the same treatment. I got tired of being overworked. I got tired of being the reliable person in everyone's life. You know, if you got five people, just five people that all depend on you, you already overworked. Imagine having multitudes of people that know that, oh, yeah, she'll say yes, she'll help me out. That's a lot. That's super overwhelming, you know. Um, So being able to say no has been powerful seeing how people react to those no's have been affirming both ways. You know, I had some people that I'm like, no, it's okay. I don't, you know, I can't do that. And they're like, Oh, okay. No problem. How are you? You know? Oh, okay. No, it's all right. I just was seeing if you want to go. Like, it's not a big deal. I had so much freaking anxiety about telling people no that for a majority of the people in my life, it didn't bother them that I said no. But for so long, I was moving in fear that if I told them no, that they would be upset with me, you know? And once I was just like, oh, no, I can't. I'm not able to. 
or you know, I just need to some time to rest or things like that. Like they're just like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, you should rest. You be working, girl. I was just seeing if you know you wanted to go, but maybe next time. And I was so happy because I was just like, oh wow, like they're not mad at me because I said no. And it's like, no, they still want to spend time with me. They want. They're cool with rescheduling. They're cool with me not helping with this test. They found somebody else to help. They're just fine. Or they did it on their own. They're just fine. Life didn't blow up. It wasn't a fucking volcano because I said no. And then there were other people where I asserted their boundary and said no, that it altered our relationship. And it it hasn't been on the right track since. Because my no fucked with them it bothered them they took my no personal when it was more personal for me just to be able to assert boundaries so my asserted boundaries and saying no this isn't going to work for me deterred the whole friendship the whole relationship the opportunity where they don't want to be around or i wasn't offered that job but i don't need that fucking job I don't need that job. I don't need that friendship. I don't need that boyfriend. I don't need that family member in my space. I don't need that stranger. I don't need none of that shit. Because if I said no, I mean no. So it made me realize like, damn, if I would have said no a long time ago, I would find out, I would have been realized what was for me was already there. Like I would lean on my discernment more. I would believe that what I said made sense. Like I making my own decisions. I'm not just saying to yes to everything out of fear anymore. I'm not just taking whatever job just for the fear of not, you know, getting another job or not getting another opportunity. I said, when I left my last job, I don't want to do direct care. I wrote that down. I, I wrote down everything I didn't want, everything I did want. I said, I don't want to do direct care. I want to make this certain amount of money. I want this type of job position. I don't want to work in there. I want a very peaceful job environment. I want a place where I can grow. I don't want to deal with negativity. I don't want to wake up sad. I don't want to wake up irritated that I had to go. Like I wrote so much stuff. I said, I don't want anybody around me that can't respect my boundaries or take my boundaries for myself because your boundaries are your boundaries. It's, it's not for anybody else to honor. You had to honor your boundaries. If somebody violate those boundaries, you had to honor it and move around on them. You know, my boundaries, if I say my boundaries is I need to set firm. Yes. No, no, I don't like this. I don't like that. Speak up for myself. Um, I have to stay hold today. I have to honor that however I feel is how I feel. You know, Sarah don't got to give a fuck about what my boundaries are. And I, if Sarah let me know that my boundaries bothered her, I had to figure out what I'm going to do with Sarah. And for me at this point, Sarah don't give a fuck about my boundaries. going to keep doing the same shit I done told them not to do no more. Then I got to remove myself from Sarah because Sarah is disrespecting me at this point, you know, like it's not up to her to respect my boundaries. It's up to me to respect my boundaries and assert myself when anybody violates said boundaries. So I really, really, I always say you can learn anything from anybody. I was not expecting to 
hear what that sentence and it triggered like strength in me like to say like my nose were stronger than my yeses and my life changed i really wholeheartedly believe that so if you're struggling with the ability to say no just keep working at it we you know there's still a bit of uh, a lot of people pleasing that's still within me and that i you know definitely go out my way in a lot of ways but that's also the way that i love and i also know that at this point you know if it's too much i know how to speak up and be like oh okay no i can't do that but i could help you out with this but i can't do that now i'm tired you know, I work every day. I, I have a real, real job now. Like, I really got to focus around here. I can't be out on no Tuesday night every week now. You know, I'm able to do that. I'm ready to speak up. I still, you know, like I said, being, you know, present and helping and showing up for people is just the way that I love. And I just have to find boundaries within that. Um, I'm going to read some of y'all client comments. So relatable. I've been there, still working on it. 100. I needed to hear this. Well, I'm glad you all are here to tune in. Again, um, that was our 100th glow up topic. Um, Thank you all for tuning in, listening, sharing with a friend. Thanks for everyone that has showed their appreciation for the podcast. Thank you all for listening every week. Thank you for sharing with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Um, therapists, anybody that y'all felt like needed to hear. Thanks for always sharing um, our content. Thanks for supporting. Um, I truly, truly appreciate y'all. It's only up from here. Um, I want to bring more content, more, you know, vibes. I want to bring more people on the show. I want to up, you know, the production. I want us all to, you know, really have an event where we can all come together and it's not awkward. I want you like to be able to fill a safe space. I want to create a safe space for you. I appreciate all of your well wishes. I love you guys. Um, make sure you tune into the audio. Um, I love, I'm reading all of your well wishes. I really do love you all. Thank you so much for listening. That is our episode. Everyone have a good night. Thanks you if you are listening to audio. We are this is our hundredth episode. I appreciate you. Go back and watch the live and you can catch all the vibes. Um as, as always, you know, I wish you well on your glow up. Continue glowing, continue your journey. Um, you are beautiful, you're loved, and you're special. And we are walking through our season of abundance. And I hope you're ready because we're going up 